You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassman in Johannesburg. And he has just returned from one of his fact-finding missions in New York. We did speak about your fact-finding mission in New York last week, but we haven't really spoken about the demise of, or the potential demise, of the FANG stocks, Netflix, and maybe a a Mm. couple of others starting to Mm. show cracks. And I don't know if you noticed, there was a listing this morning... It was on the Shanghai Exchange, a new mm, sort of mm. NASDAQ-style exchange. Mm, mm. And certain share prices rose by 520% and all sorts of glamorous numbers. But it shows you there's a challenge to the United States. I don't know if that means that prices are going to come down, but it certainly shows you the appetite for these type of stocks. Oh, no, undoubtedly. And, I mean, some of those stocks on the uh, Shanghai went up, I don't know, 200%. Yes. But, Lindsay, it's still a massive, massive attraction. And things are changing. You know, you mentioned Netflix. Reed Hastings, who runs Netflix, actually made a statement sometime, some time ago. And he said, you know, you know what um, his biggest worry is? It's not Disney or any other competitors like that. It's really the gaming companies. And today, youngsters are so involved in gaming. There's a wonderful article in Barron's this week mm. about 5G. And they talk about Formula E, which are the electric racing cars. Now, I don't know whether I read the story right, but this is fascinating. What happens is that while these cars are racing, if you are – they limit the power. Okay, so they've got certain limited power in terms of uh, how fast they can go. But in terms of power – the public can now vote if they like they're playing a game. If they like a certain driver, they can vote for him, which will send him over the internet or through 5G more power, which will make him race faster. No, that's so it's almost it's almost like a lie. Please read the article because I might be misinterpreting it. So I'm giving you my own spin yes. on it. But I find that fascinating. That means that from computer games, you know, looking at a computer screen with graphics. You actually, the public will actually be able to participate in an actual event, you know, whether you're racing cars or I don't know what. I don't know how they're going to apply this, you know. Uh, it's open to I don't mani- know whether we're going to get real gladiators, but uh, no, it's open to manipulation, of course. I mean, they could bomb the internet and say, "Well, we like this particular person, and therefore that person gets more power." It is open to uh, abuse, if if you like, but it's well, a it's fascinating thing. To, you, you see, the abuse. I don't know how that can be because. It's it's a global, uh, you know, you've really got to have some cyber hacker to do that, you know, who can manipulate the results. But have a, you know, read the article yourself and just imagine what they can do, you know, just how gaming can change in its complexity uh, from where it was, nothing more than a computer screen or a, a computer game. So uh, I find that uh, intriguing, you know, that, that, and these are, this is what attracts me to tech, how it's just changing the way that we do things, you know, my, my young grandson, who's a very good soccer player and plays uh, in New York and that he loves to play. But when I ask him if he wants to watch a game with me, no, he says, you know, it's so boring. You know, it's so boring watching soccer. (laughs) And because he doesn't appreciate, (laughs) but why I say that is that because you watch for 90 minutes and you might not even see a goal, you know, 
And if you watch the rugby, it's the same kind of thing. You know, one team bashes against another and keeps bashing and then another bash this way and that way. And very seldom is there, uh, you know, they force their way over a try line or there were one or two exceptional tries. But that's the kind of thing that doesn't appeal to these youngsters who are look, playing games and playing these uh, games which are fast moving, involving their friends, talking to their friends as well. So I, I think, I think you know, technology itself is uh, the way it's going is just quite remarkable. Another result this morning as well just was Phillips. You know, Phillips came out this morning with their numbers. Just before you go on, mm -hmm. otherwise I'll lose my thread here. The latest Formula E race was in New York mm. City. You weren't there, but it was just after you left. And they're, mm. they're normally street circuits, aren't, aren't they, these Formula yes, E races? Yes, 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 yes. yes. But you can now drive the car. You can drive one of those cars or, or give the driver more power. Mm. So, so fascinating, you know. So uh, I don't know how they're limited to it or how they'll control it. Go but on, but um, go on with you know, technology is well. Philips as well. What does Philips do? They transform themselves from making washing machines and and light bulbs now into a meditech company. You know where um, they they produce technology for the medical profession or for so diagnostic machines, scanners, all kinds of different machines. And you see the development there as well, you know, and how this company is growing in that area. And, you know, the world of diagnostics is going to change dramatically, whether it's oral, meaning in your teeth, you know, x-rays in your teeth or, yes. or machinery to clean your teeth and so on, or alternatively, other forms of technology. So it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's going to move away from the Googles and the Facebooks and that, although they'll still remain very powerful into other fascinating areas um, of life. Okay, so you like Philips. Um, let's have a look at uh, what, what, what you do. I like, I, like the, I like the area, you know, medical technology. There's intuitive surgical, which is robotic surgery, all these kinds of areas. And they're easier to, they're easier to win than drugs. You know, drugs, you never know what the next drug is going to be. It's very, very difficult to find those drugs. But technology is much easier to grasp. It's actually 40 minutes down the road to Eindhoven where uh, Philips was actually founded and it's still a, very much yeah. a Philips town, Eindhoven, PSV Eindhoven, very, very famous Dutch team. Unfortunately, they lost the league to Ajax last season, but we'll talk mm -hmm. about football uh, later on. Uh, Anglo-American Platinum came out with their results and mm. they've, they've come up with, it seems to me, about 17 or 18 trading updates. So the, the results weren't <laughs> Before they get the results, yeah. yeah it's, it's corporate government's gone mad, but a really, really good set of numbers. But it's out of their control, of course. They can control their costs. They can manage the unions. They can I, manage their production. Yeah. But um, it's all to do with the PGM basket price in US dollars right. and the vagaries of the South African rand exchange rate against certain currencies. And, and of course, you've got labor as well. So yeah. the and costs. Coup. And labor you can never forecast as well or control. Uh, as soon as they smell that big numbers are being made, um, and our labor starts to get restive. And so it becomes a very difficult area, as, as uh, Sabanya has found out. But I think credit to Griffiths um, on, you know, on turning the company around. Yes. Um, you know, they got rid of uh, the weak commands. They got rid of the uh, low cost, uh, the low, uh, sorry, the, you know, the loss making uh, shafts and have done very, very well. We're seeing a similar pattern in Impala as well. But the, yeah, you know, I like to read headlines, and that's that's why 
I, I don't fully comprehend all the articles in there, but I like to see what's making headlines. And you know what's coming through in a big way as well, and I'm not a gold bull, is, is gold. And you can see it starting to occupy a lot of space as interest rates globally start to fall. You're not starting uh, to become a some, gold bull, are you? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. But, no, but you but just I, mentioned what, it. No, what, I, I can sense something I, here. <laughs> what, what I am saying is that it is making headlines. And when it makes headlines, it attracts investment. So I think gold is, uh, you know, it might be over now that, that it's made the headlines or it's in the media. But I think more and more people are going to turn to gold. We haven't seen it in the gold price. The gold price is not running away. But there is a kind of underpin that you're going to see uh, for precious metals as rates go into negative or could go down into negative territory, certainly in Europe and Japan. And even they're now talking about further rates, you know, rates going down further in the U.S. So gold, because is you know because of the holding costs, if the holding costs uh, uh, becomes inexpensive, gold can hold its own. Ray Dalio from Bridgewater, very well-known hedge fund manager, I think, I think he's in uh, some New Haven or some one of those Massachusetts roundabout there. A huge, you know, very, very uh, well-known hedge fund manager, also turning bullish on gold. But so I think, you know, that's where platinum, palladium getting the underpin, you know, getting some underpin in the metal price. I don't think it's really driven by uh, demand. It's much more demand for precious metals, I think, keeping things up at the moment. On Friday, but a good result. Yeah, mm. very good. Excellent, in fact. But it's all cyclical, of course, and you mustn't get too carried away with it because it's beyond their control. Mm. They can control the unions. They can control – when I say control, that's a patronizing word. They can work with the unions, and mm. they, but they can't control the dollar-rand exchange rate and they can't control the PGM basket price. David, on Friday, Pioneer, Marion Roberts, yeah. and also yeah. Ramaposa, those three. Pioneer, yeah. first of all, what do you think? I, I think they're giving away the company for nothing. Mm. I really – I'm not – I think uh, – if I go back in the history, uh, yeah, they've, they've come under some short-term pressure because of poor hedging. Uh, costs have gone out of control or, uh, you know, or not, not out of control. Costs have been very difficult to control. But um, at 100 or 110, this is half the value that the shares were two years ago. It's a, you know, it's a bread-making company. It makes bread. It makes maize meal, which are very staple uh, consumer products. The fast-moving goods are not you know, or make up some of the profits in that, but fundamentally, like tigers, they still make bread. And um, I just think this is, I'm surprised that management have bent over, you know, so easily and uh, got behind the deal. What can Pepsi bring? I'm not sure. Maybe a bit of stability. Uh, they've had a relationship with Pepsi for some time already. Yes. So I just think it's, it's, it's maybe on the cheap side. But, but, Lindsay, this is something we've got to watch for. I think we're going to see a lot more deals. Uh, where to go, I don't know. I can probably identify 10, 15 businesses. I'll go through the market there and say, look, these are subjects. And it'll all be the Afroxes and companies like that uh, of you know who, who've got um, factories and have been in production, I think, that are going to be subject to to takeovers well, or to M and A's. Yeah, this mm. is what I was saying to a chap called Anthony Clark from Small Talk, yes. uh, Small Talk mm. Daily Research today. I said when Walmart came and took a chunk of MassMart, a big chunk of mm. MassMart, it sort of opened the door for Tesco's to come in for pick and pay, and everyone was speculating. Everyone was saying, "Well, who's going to be next?" 
and nothing really happened. Uh, but they were, they were no. different political times. But today, do you say to yourself, well, now that this one has been snapped up, everyone will be saying to themselves in the corporate finance world, well, if PepsiCo likes this in South Africa, then maybe there's mm. some South African gems, uh, unearthed gems that we should be looking at at relatively cheap prices. And when I say relatively, I really mean very, very cheap prices. So who's next? And the chap that I just referred to, Anthony Clark, said probably Tiger Brands might be the one that they yeah. target. What do you think? Mm. I, it could be. You know, it could be a Tiger Brands. It's got to be a manufacturer. I wouldn't go for a distributor. I wouldn't go for a retailer. I think a manufacturer you know, who can manufacture things here for distribution, maybe into to Africa. Or even some uh, smokestack companies, uh, I, I would put like um, maybe a Roynitz and Afrox, uh, you know, uh, manufacturing type businesses, electric business, elect, you know, um, electrical or engineering type businesses. I think they're the ones that are probably trading significantly low below their, um, you know, NAVs. By NAVs, I mean the, the actual value of all the steel in their businesses. So I would, I would imagine it's going to be in that area rather than uh, maybe even some of the construction companies, uh, as we saw with Murray and Roberts, although they call themselves a contract mining company now rather than um, uh, construction. But I think it's going to be those kind of business, PPC, who knows, you know, though. Those businesses, which I think are trading incredibly cheap, and I go back to the, you know when when I sometimes look at the, the the capital market cap of some of these stocks, you know that at one stage dominated the JSD, ArcelorMittal. I mean, it's it's um, where's it? I've got to, I've got to just try to find the you know the market value of ArcelorMittal, which was ESCO, ESCO, which was started yes. by government through the Industrial Development Corporation. I mean, I'm trying to find where the market cap is, but it's, it's, it's pitiful. It's, it's less than a few billion. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got factories all over. Anyway, it's a steel maker. So you can literally, I think those are the ones that are going to be subject to, uh, you know, subject to, to, to M&A. David, mm-hmm. I've always thought that if companies were listed on a world country exchange if countries were listed you'd say to yourself well south africa is looking really cheap at the moment and someone would just snap up the whole country and say well i want tourism i want uh, manufacturing i want mining i want all sorts of other aspects and you buy the country i think south africa at the moment given what we've just seen with pepsico would be right up there and people would start to buy us if we were listed because we are so cheap we we are cheap i think um, from that point of view, you've got to have a, you've got to be able to do something. You, you, you know what gave me a clue as well? I, I happened to be in the TV studio with the MD of Ford, the local Ford business, yeah. and they've increased their, they've increased their shafts, uh, shifts, shafts, shifts from three, from two to three. So I've got three shifts a day producing the Ranger. Uh, they produce a Ranger for a whole lot of countries. I think up to. Uh, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands a year they do left-hand drive and right-hand drive. And they're doing well. Mm. They're doing incredibly well. Why? Because they're an international business manufacturing in South Africa, using the facilities here of various other uh, tax breaks that they get, which are historical, but they're doing incredibly well. I say, so why can't anybody else do that as well? Why can't that be replicated? And uh, they got the same staff as they got at Eskom. You know, the same people. 
or at uh, SABC or at SAA. There's no difference in the people that they're employing. It's just a management. It's just a matter of management efficiencies and uh, making it work. So we can do that. We've got a lot of facilities. We've got the infrastructure here. Yes. Just a matter of 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 applying ourselves. You know, of of applying yourself. So yes, you can find those pockets around this country where you you'll be able to make money. I wouldn't go to the market. You know, I would do it because you don't want to be subject to analysts looking at you every three months or four months or something like that, but just get it going. So the, the one thing that there is here is, is, is a lot of small pockets of excellence. It's just we can't put it together because politics interferes all the time. I know, and it's decades and decades of under-education yep. that uh, is really hampering us. But in the future, I'm, I'm absolutely certain that South Africa will prevail. On Friday, I saw a couple of tweets from you about Marianne Roberts. You said you couldn't understand yes. why the share price returned mm. 15 to 20%, but you found out afterwards. Just briefly uh, yeah. on Marianne Roberts, another sad mm. story. Well, Aton, which is a, uh, a German company, quite a diversified company, made a bit for Marianne Roberts. Marion Roberts, and, and, and they control the company. I think they've got about a 40% shareholding. I can't remember the exact amount that they hold. PRC is another, you know, another big shareholder. But along the way, uh, Marion Roberts' management has been um, thwarting the deal, didn't want the deal to happen. And what's interesting is that if you look at the Competition Commission's finding, which prohibits the deal or suggests you can go back to the tribunal and, and argue and uh, appeal, but management didn't want it. And what I found fascinating is in, in the, and it, there's another statement out today, but if you look at the, the text of what the Competition Commission said, it's exactly what Marion Roberts' management has said. Listen, we don't need the money. We don't need the skills. We're not under pressure. We don't need the deal. <laughs> so, so it's not surprising that uh, the Competition Commission came out, although the commission does find that it'll be anti-competitive, although I think that's a bit stretched. So that's the best background of the deal. Marion Roberts has fallen back because the, you know, the deal's not going to take place. So mm. we're back where we are. Okay, let's go to Cyril Ramaphosa, which has been ex an extraordinary yeah. story over the last uh, two, three days against the public protector. It came out on Friday, the public protector's report, and he came out over the weekend with a rebuttal. Mm. And it was a very, very well-publicised and very public rebuttal as well. Do you think that this is a danger? This disturbs me somewhat. It is quite disturbing because, you know, one doesn't know how to read politics in this country. It's so difficult and it's so twisted. Um, if she is the public protector, protector and can be trusted if it was Tuli Madasela, yes, then you'd be worried. You know, you'd be worried that there's some strength to to the argument. Because she has uh, gravitas. She, she has no, gravitas. Sure. She has yeah. uh, credibility. I, but this I, yeah. this new so, PP doesn't yeah. in many people's eyes. No. No. So I think I think on the strength of that I think he might get away with it. But uh um that's unfair on her part. But I think She's discredited herself, so I think she will take the consequences and he might be able to get it. If, if it is true and he can't answer it, then any self-respecting person would resign. You know, he would, in any other country, if this was found out, yeah. uh, that he lied to Parliament, you know, the first, they'd call for your head. But this is South Africa, so, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but it, it, it does, I don't want to say it puts a bitter taste, but it does raise questions about, 
about the president, you know, and and we've got to get to the truth of it. Look, this whole Basasa affair, I mean, is incredible. It's absolutely incredible that that we could have been run like this and that a company like that could have had so much influence over and above the Guptas. You know, you just wonder, uh, you just wonder what was running the admin of South Africa. We've got to clean it out, Lindsay. <laughs> and I mean, we just need uh, we need disinfectant. We just, we just need a a complete makeover of this place and just to get rid of that kind of history because it doesn't do us any good and it just holds us back from going forward. And as you said, we must be cheap, but maybe we cheap for a reason. Everyone's cheap for a reason. The Impala Platinum was cheap for a reason because everyone was selling it, 16 yeah. to sixteen mm-hmm. to 70. But I was just speculating. It would be amazing to have a country stock exchange and you can buy and sell countries, but um, mm. that's a, a stupid fantasy. Let's end, as we always do, on a Monday with Matters Football because it's only, what is it, two weeks now? Two and a half weeks? A couple weeks. of weeks, right. Until, oh. until the start of the season. I'm very excited. You've got a new chap at Arsenal called Eddie Nketiah, I think. Yes. And he can't Youngster. stop scoring for you. Very young. And you're also trying to buy <laughs> yeah. Zaha from Crystal Palace and you're upping your bids. I mean, Arsenal, that is not you, but upping your bids. <laughs> so maybe you're going to keep up with the Spurs. I, I, I don't know. We need defence. We've got to look at our defence and our an attacking midfielder, somebody who can come from the midfield and and can really control the game, Roy Keane type, Gerard type person. Mm. We lack that kind of that, you know. Uh, we lack that kind of uh, what would you say? Um, Dynamism, energy. But it's like a ca- it's a it's a captain, you know, someone who can actually change the course of a game. Right. And uh, we still, you know, uh, Torres or taps like that who were just magnificent in the midfield. Um, so Vieira, someone like that. We haven't got anybody like that. So I'm just hoping for the best. You know, I think I, I think I've become a little agnostic after the World Cup cricket, and, and you know, I just got knocked out there. So I'm so tired of of being on a losing side. <laughs> just... Try supporting Ipswich for, <laughs> since since 1975. Thank you very much. Ipswich that beat Colchester five nil in a friendly over the weekend, and I got excited about it. I mean, that's how pathetic I am. Uh, but um, <laughs> the goal of the but weekend. Of... look all right, eh? They hmm? bought Griezmann hmm? from Atletico Madrid for an outrageous wow, amount of money. They got the um, the Ajax uh, centre forward. Ah, oh, mm. gosh, I'm so looking forward to going to Barcelona mm. in September and seeing this new team. But never mind. No, that. They look great, eh? They are the best team in the world. And um, Harry Kane has labelled his outrageous goal from the halfway line against Juventus in Singapore as one of the best of my career. Have you seen <laughs> this goal? Have no, you... I haven't. I Go to YouTube and put in Harry Kane, Juventus goal. It is outrageous. How this man sees in a split second that the goalkeeper is off his line. It's one of those from the halfway line shots and the goalkeeper scrambling to get back. It's absolutely beautiful. It's in Singapore. It's, I mean, it was only a friendly against Juventus, but goodness me, David. It was wonderful stuff. Can't wait for the football season to start. David Shapiro, thank you very much for your time this evening. David Shapiro is from Sassvin in Johannesburg, and that was Shapiro World. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.